You're listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to Culture Review. That's right, iTunes' favorite show. Yay. Hi. What is happening? <laughs> you know exactly what episode you, this is. You have hijacked <laughs> the podcast. You've confused everyone. That serves no one. You need to set this right and tell us what this actually Listen, is. This is a very serious episode in every way, so I thought, let's offset that with an intro. With an intro, as take, if... Take it away, Josiah. <laughs> Welcome. How do, no, how do I do it? How do you do what? How do I intro? I, I want to I hear your best Josiah impression? No, I don't Me have impression? a Josiah That's so vain. Uh, oh, shoot. It's a physiological... It's imitation. a physiological... You, you gotta act it. I, okay. It's not in the voice. Well, then that is worthless to our listeners yeah. because this yeah. is an audio True. format show. Yeah. Welcome That's... to the Horizon Church Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> not whatever... Listen. Culture of you. I listen to that, though. I mean, that's, in a sense, that is adjacent to what we do. It, it is. Truly. It is. Yeah. Which is what we're doing today. As a matter of fact, this is the next episode this of is. our creative commentary series. As and if we're you really didn't know. Yeah, as if you wouldn't have guessed that by the title of the podcast episode. That you tapped already. That you have already yeah. turned on in your car or wherever you happen They've to be. They've already listening. consigned themselves to this fate. Yes, they have. What we're jumping around a little today. We're out of Pentateuch, New Testament. We're really just we're really jumping. We are. The boat today. We're in Habakkuk. Yeah. Habakkuk. Yeah. There's the most fun book to say. It is. And Hebrew names have weird pronunciations sometimes. I'm just sticking with Habakkuk. That's what we're, okay. we're going with there. That's probably for the best. A minor prophet that mm. I'm guessing is probably one of the more unfamiliar. Oh, yeah. I said it was the most fun to say, but I am also unfamiliar. <laughs> so you are quite right. <laughs> The good news is it's a short book. It is three chapters. Really? That is it. Yeah, three chapters. You, you could see read how I it. said really with a question at the end? That was genuine. <laughs> it was like, that was new information to me that I'm just soaking in. Couldn't have told you that. You could read it in like five oh, minutes. You could read it in a much shorter time than it takes to listen to us talk about it. That is correct. But will you have the same insights? Oh, who can say? Who can say? You would probably have better, honestly. <laughs> who can say? No. So we are in the prophet Habakkuk and just wanted to switch it up a little bit. So just for a little background, Habakkuk is a prophet, as we have said several times, which of course means that he's dealing with issues related to God and God's relationship with his people, Israel and Judah specifically, and Israel and Judah's relationship with God. So Habakkuk in particular is very depressing. Is that the word we That's would use? Well, I, uh, despairing? Yeah, despairing. I like that word even better. It's not necessarily depressing is maybe not the right word, but despairing is yeah. a good word because Habakkuk, like many of the prophets that you would read, not just the minor prophets, but Jeremiah, Isaiah, Ezekiel, and most of the Psalms, a good portion of the Psalms, I should yeah. say, Habakkuk is eminently disturbed by the kingdom of Judah, particularly the southern right. kingdom of Israel, disturbed by their lawlessness and their idolatry. That's what he is dealing with mm, okay. uh, because Judah was one of the good kingdoms, for lack of a better term. They did not quite fall into the same amount of debauchery as the northern kingdom of Israel did when the hmm. kingdom split. Judah had a number of good kings. Okay. However, by the time of Habakkuk, this has obviously changed. They're acting violently. Their words and deeds are vomitive. Oh, and that's, a, that's a good, that's a $10 word. Yeah, that is, it's, it's quite a word. 
they're basically spitting in the face of God. Yeah. And they've spurned their calling as a nation to be set apart to God for the sake of the world. And that is what Habakkuk is dealing with. Now, what makes Habakkuk very unique is not that he laments and despairs, because a lot of the prophets do that. What makes Habakkuk particularly unique in this regard is that he does not ever speak to the kingdom of Judah. A lot of the prophets were speaking to the people. Right. Habakkuk's addresses are always directed to God. Okay. In fact, here are his opening words. These are the opening words of the book. Oh Lord, how long shall I cry for help and you will not hear or cry to you violence and you will not save? Why do you make me see iniquity and why do you idly look at wrong? Mm. Those are some strong words. Mm, (laughs) Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise so the law is paralyzed and justice never goes forth for the wicked surround the righteous so justice goes forth perverted. So right from the outset, you see one of the primary themes of Habakkuk is what theologians call theodicy. Okay. Which is where you're trying to find an answer for God's goodness in the face of evil, injustice, death, lawlessness, Mm. etc. And like I said, that's not uncommon in the prophetic literature. What is uncommon is that Habakkuk's addresses are always directed directly to God. He's not speaking to the people on behalf of God. He's not taking the response of the people and saying, here's, Lord, here's what they're saying. He is in a dialogue directly with God, which... That can make you sweat a little bit when you're reading some of what he's saying. <laughs> he, he is saying some things that would make most modern Western evangelicals sweat a little bit. Yeah. I mean, at least if you were in his position. Yeah. I think there's this kind of hallmark sentimentality sometimes when it comes to the way we want to talk to God. And when you start saying things like, Lord, why are you idly yeah. looking at wrong? It's People very, are like, oh, what are you insinuating about God, buddy? It's very pointed. <laughs> yes. Although, ironically, I feel like it's something that can easily be slipped into now, in a sense. Mm -hmm. Or I think inversely, we feel a luxury Mm -hmm. or a comfort that gives us the right to approach God with sometimes with that kind of accusatory. Yeah. That maybe was less common then, which makes this such a particular standout moment. Mm -hmm. But in his shoes, oh boy, that's a thing. Yeah. And so, I mean, just from the outside looking in, you're looking at this prophet whose words have been recorded in scripture and our holy book. And it's like he's tumbling through this wilderness of doubt. And that's the picture you get as you read throughout the rest of the book, short as it is. And that's one of the primary themes that you see developing. But that actually brings us to another primary theme in this short book, which is dealing with the patience of God and the future judgment of God. Because God actually answers Habakkuk Mm. when he brings this complaint and this lament forth. And he basically says, don't worry, Habakkuk, I've heard your cries and I see exactly what my people are doing, so I'm raising up the Babylonians to come and judge them. Nice. Which, of course, Habakkuk responds to that with, (laughs) how in the world are you going to raise up a more godless and evil nation to judge us? Like, that should not be the way that this works. So God responds, and then he replies with an even more heightened tone. Yes, it's even more perplexed. (laughs) He's, like, (laughs) exasperated to the point of, you know... Yeah. I, I'm not even sure I have a comparison of my own life. Oh, like no. that's, I couldn't imagine having those words delivered to me. But here's Habakkuk trying to figure out how is a good God going to raise up a nation that is more evil? Yeah. Right? I mean, the Babylonians basically deified their own military power. Oh, gosh. Like they, they were ruthless mm-hmm. and brutal people and, of course, absolutely pagan and godless. And so Habakkuk's probably thinking, why are we doing it this way? <laughs> and... 
God actually provides a reply. Mm -hmm. And basically what he tells Habakkuk is, well, don't worry, I'm going to judge the Babylonians too. Right now they're serving my purposes by demonstrating my discipline toward this nation of people who are supposed to love me and serve me and be a light to the other nations who have turned in on themselves, who have begun to worship false gods and have, like the author of Kings said, they have become like what they worshipped. They worshipped false gods and they became false. But I'm going to also render judgment upon the Babylonians. And in fact, I'm going to render judgment on anyone who continues to live in a way that is systematically denying justice to the oppressed and that Mm. systematically acts in an evil and lawless way. In fact, he actually pronounces five woes. God does. There are these five woes that he pronounces. The first two actually go together, but thematically you're dealing with themes of systematic economic oppressions. Like he talks about extracting ridiculous interest rates on the poor in order to maintain their wealth. People who worship false gods and become like what they worship. The point is that not only is he going to usher this kind of judgment on Babylon because of what they've done, but anyone who doesn't repent and anyone who doesn't live into the life of faith. Does this come as any small comfort to Habakkuk to hear? So by the time he has gotten to the end of this, actually, yes. Okay. By the end of the book in the third and final chapter, we actually see this final theme of hope through faith kind of come to light because what ends up happening is Habakkuk offers this responsive prayer to what God has said to him. And it's obvious that he's kind of picked up on this theme of, oh, okay, there is a sort of patience that God has underneath all of this that he's giving people. And we mm-hmm. see this elucidated particularly in the New Testament. He's giving yeah. people time to repent and time to turn to him. However, his patience will not last forever. There will be judgment. Right. And the answer to one of the most perplexing and common human questions of all time, which is what is God going to do about injustice and evil, will be answered. He is going to answer that. In fact, God actually says, write this vision down. And if it seems like it's a long time, I'm coming, don't worry. Mm. It's waiting for the appointed time. It will happen. And of course, we know how that played out with Babylon. They right. did receive that. In fact, there was a steady succession of kingdoms that ran that cycle, so to speak. They ran through that gauntlet. You yeah. had the Babylonians were followed by the Persians, Medes, mm-hmm. Greeks, Romans, on and on the cycle went. Mm. So by the end of this book, what started with this utter tone of despair and dejection and pointed, was the word you use, yeah. is very pointed complaint before God. Where are you? Why are you letting this happen? Why are you standing idly by? By the end of it, he's uttering this prayer that echoes themes of Exodus, which is to say, oh yeah, our people were enslaved for 400 years, and yet you rescued them and delivered them with mighty signs and wonders. So even now, if the fruit of the earth is a particular image he uses right at the very end, he says, even if the fruit of the vine doesn't blossom, and if the crop fails, and if there are no herds in the fold, I'll still rejoice in God because he did it before and he will do it again. And he's revealed himself to me Yeah. in this very majestic holy way. He actually goes on at length about the holiness and majesty of God being revealed to him through <laughs> all of this. So those are the kind of the three broad movements of Habakkuk. Very interesting and very sometimes, he said, pointed yeah. sort of read. So one of the most pervasive strands that actually runs throughout this book, however, is that we are all hostile mm-hmm. to some extent, that even God's own people in this case yeah. have fallen prey to the kind of lawlessness and debauchery that threaten to overtake the human heart at any given moment. So to an extent, we're all lawless, rough and tumble people who harbor evil in our hearts to some degree. Yeah. And we have to figure out what we're going to do with that, how we're going to address it, and what it means both in our relationships with one another and in our relationship with God, which actually ends up playing into a pretty neat cultural edifice (laughs) that 
has been released recently. Yeah, at the end of 2017, it was released. One of the only really high-end modern-day Westerns, if you want to call it that, called Hostiles. Appropriate. Indeed. <laughs> um, just as, like a, I guess, a setup, we should probably cover the plot a little bit, or at least a setup to it. Yeah. This is, I would say, very recent, like, post-Civil War era. Yeah, I think 1890s. Okay. I don't know what that means, but... <laughs> That's why I was wait, I was just hoping you'd correct me. <laughs> <laughs> but it centers around a particular uh, a soldier, Captain, I don't know his title. Look, here, here I am again, floundering. <laughs> something, something title, uh, Joseph Blocker, mm-hmm. portrayed by Christian Bale. I would say one of his best performances probably ever. Oh, yes. And this is a man who is, he's really full of violence and hate. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's a very quiet man, and he is charged with the duty of giving safe passage to an Indian chief who is really at the end of his life uh, at the hands of cancer to deliver him to his homeland, ultimately for a burial. But it's interesting because Blocker has like such enormous baggage yeah. about it. I mean, it is racism in its truest form, but the interesting thing about it is that they unfold the history and reason and the, and the baggage that he carries in a way that actually, to an uncomfortable extent, makes it understandable. Yeah, because they were at war with one another. Exactly. Basically. Basically, right? I mean, yeah. this is at the tail end of the Indian Wars, mm-hmm. not on the frontier. Yeah. I mean, both men, we learn, are responsible for unbelievable bloodshed. Yeah. Which is very ironic that they find themselves in this position, but it's also a very trying charge to be given for a blocker. Yeah. But pretty soon, they come upon this woman who is really on the edge of sanity in the charred husk of what was once her home. Mm-hmm. Her family had just recently been completely massacred by Cherokee. Comanches. Com- oh, goodness sakes. I watched this last night, Josiah, <laughs> for the second time. And I already. <laughs> Comanche Raiders, massive apology. But the interesting thing that that presents us with is on one hand, we have Blocker, who has lost much, seen many friends felled in the line of duty. And it seems as though that was some years prior, and yet he still carries this baggage and this hatred. Yeah. And then we have this woman, uh, Rosalie Quaid, and this, this wound is far too fresh to, I mean, even imagine. And how they process their pain in different ways. is a very fascinating dichotomy Mm -hmm. to watch play out. In fact, pretty early on, there's this little conversation because they take her under their wing. She has nothing, truly. And we have this moment where angry, racist, violent man, (laughs) Joseph Blocker, is, is sitting in his encampment reading the Bible. And she says to him, do you believe in the Lord, Joseph? And he says, yes, I do, Mrs. Quaid. But he's been blind to what's going on here for a long time. Mm-hmm. And she says, I see that. But I have to believe it's times like these that strengthen our bond with him. If I did not have faith, what would I have? Mm. Yeah. Whoa, I mean. Very Habakkuk. <laughs> yeah, it really, I mean, and we're just setting the stage at this point. Right. But we're seeing in our two principal characters this extreme difference in the way that they carry their pain mm-hmm. and what it leads to. Because on one hand, what we see in Habakkuk is what did you, a hope through faith. faith. And in this, we see a lot of hatred through pain. Mm, And in an understandable way, no less. But Mm -hmm. it's, again, still a very ugly thing. Yeah, and I think one of the things that makes that unique is that when you see this applied to both characters like Mm -hmm. 
blocker, Yellow Hawk, I think is the name of the chief. Chief Yellow Hawk, yeah. And Mrs. Quaid. No one seems to be innocent here. No, like, not Everyone really. is, you cannot paint anyone in particular as the enemy or the antagonist or... Or even the hero. Yeah, it's, we're all broken and yeah. hostile and we all have something in our hearts that we each have to deal with. Mm-hmm. I just find that very interesting because you're seeing that in Habakkuk. I mean, it's everyone yeah. Yeah. is dealing with this to some extent. And her response to all that, that's very fascinating. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was, I was, I love that quote. Mm-hmm. That's very poignant. Yeah. But you said there was something else that she says that is a remarkable observation that we had talked about. Yeah. There's this scene where they're talking to one another. It's Blocker and Mrs. Quaid, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. They're talking to each other. And I think Blocker's kind of come to this point where if he had a theodicy, like Habakkuk did, mm. he came out on the other end of it, right? Like what you're yeah. saying, hatred through pain, he gave up. Yeah. He's so far resigned himself to God has idly watched evil come exactly. and go and he doesn't care. So they're talking about that or something how this, this... Yeah, it's kind of a quiet conversation and they're both, I don't know if reeling would be too strong a word, mm-hmm. but even from the journey alone, there's been a lot of hardship. Yeah. And I think there's this place where you can start to despair in that moment say, well, there's nothing on the other side of this pain. There's no way this gets better. And by the time you get to this moment, there starts to kind of come this little gleam of light on the horizon. Yeah. And you have this moment where the sorrow doesn't completely evaporate. Right. The sting doesn't go away. But Mrs. Quaid says, we'll never get used to the Lord's rough ways. Yeah. Man, if that's not Habakkuk. <laughs> and humanity, you know, in the world. There's such an understanding in that yeah. line that, mm-hmm. it, that acknowledges that he's not idle and he's not ignorant to what's going on yeah and to that pain and that oh gosh mm-hmm. it almost gives me chills yeah and that whole idea of not getting used to it yeah the thing about that and hopefully i'm not reading too much into this but i feel like it implies that there's a certain measure that we do have to get used to yeah so that when we're navigating and negotiating our own hostility within ourselves with god with other people doing so doesn't make others any less spiteful and it doesn't solve if that's a good word to say it yeah. doesn't solve other people and you got to get used to that yeah we see this exact thing play out in the film more than once mm-hmm. when we start to witness the very first threads of change for the better yeah and joseph blocker mm-hmm. but it doesn't grant him moral safe passage he's not granted leave of his duty here right he still has to face this his own demons his own past his own prejudice and see that in other people who judge him because, for the change. Yeah. Because, <laughs> oh, now you think you're better than us. Huh? Exactly. Because you're, you're figuring it out like Habakkuk at the end. <laughs> and, and like, and the change is good. It's a good thing. And it's probably what Habakkuk would have wanted for his people. It is certainly what we should want in ourselves. But you can't expect that to change culture right. around you. It just changes you. Mm-hmm. And somehow that has to be enough. Blocker describes it as, you know, to go in a good way. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good last line. Yeah. Go in a good way. And that's what, that's what Habakkuk does. Really? And that is how his prayer ends at the Mm. end of the book is, though the fig tree does not blossom, all these things. He says all these things that like, even though all of this is wrong. Yeah. And there's still this hostility Mm -hmm. that exists in the world and between us, yet I will hope and rejoice. And that really, I mean, that really is the journey of the film too. Yeah. In a grand scheme sort of way. Yeah. Because at the end of the movie, it's not like suddenly, oh, Indian American relations oh, are suddenly all now. better, and because you know, one it's ha- man is yeah, not because Joseph anymore. Blocker's journey of change changed <laughs> everyone. 
Like, no. Uh, yeah. uh, there is still, I don't want to spoil it because it's a wonderful mm. piece of art. Oh, it really and, is. Um, it's violent, but it's not. It is. It certainly is. It's not ultra gratuitous or anything like that. Maybe worth noting, I have seen a hundred horror films that are more violent than this. Yeah. But the first five minutes of this film are some of the most shocking moments I've ever yeah. witnessed in a film. But it is very honest. Yeah. About it, historically so. Yeah, it is. And if you make it past those first five minutes, you'll probably be fine. To yeah, be told. <laughs> you should be all right for the rest of the movie. But even up till the end of the film, without giving any of it away, that hostility is still... It's never gone. ...present. And I love what you pointed out about Blocker saying, go, go in, in a, a good, good way. way. Yeah, that indeed, I think, is what Habakkuk would have wanted for his people. Mm. And there's a lot to teach us and show us. I really... Would highly recommend that. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you got any final thoughts or comments? I don't. That's, um, there we go. that's about it for me. Nailed it. Good stuff. It is. If you've got any questions about Habakkuk, hostiles, mm. or just you want to see video of Ethan trying to imitate me in this physiological way, <laughs> and you describe it's all physiological. Behind the scenes. I don't know. Behind the scenes footage. <laughs> Shoot an email to podcast at horizonschurch.net. Interact with us on social media, Facebook, Instagram keep an eye out i sometimes pop on instagram and yeah we do stuff like that so thanks for tuning in as mm-hmm. always and we'll catch you next time mm-hmm.